This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Break a shot! I'm not around for the press conference this week as I'm on holiday. Normal service resumes for Bristol Rovers next week. So for this episode, I've invited two supporters of the opposition to the podcast. So I welcome Colchester fans and presenters of the Views on the Use podcast, Max and James. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for agreeing to take part in this, coming on the Swindon Town podcast in your spare time. <laughs> oh, I couldn't think of anything better to do, Rich, mate, so um, don't you worry about that. Oh, I could, I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, let's start nice and easy to start to get to know you guys in terms of your fandom towards Colchester. Max, starting with, starting with you, how long have you been supporting Colchester for? Uh, God, it's, a t- it's a tough one, really. I mean, I... I you know, I delved into sort of my teenage years being a bit of a glory hunter. I was a big fan of Frank Lampard, so I got sucked in by the Premier League and Chelsea a little bit. I'll be honest, I do that before James calls me out. Um, but I, I went to I went to a game with my dad at the old Wembley. I think it was oh, James will know. Was it Torquay or something? Tor- yeah, it would have either been Torquay or Carlisle. Yeah, I think it was Torquay. I don't know how old I was, but I remember going to to that game. And my, my dad's a big Cole United fan, so I was always sort of drawn into it you know you always get told to, to support your local but um yeah how 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 old I was then I'm not I'm not too sure but um 
yeah, a long time. I mean, I, yeah, I've always followed them. Um, I've always been to as many games as I can. Um, but um, yeah, I, certainly over the last sort of four or five years, it's really, really ramped up sort of in in my life. I've really sort of taken it up a, a lot more. Me and James get to games as often as we can. So um, yeah, no, no more Premier League flirting with me. It's all about the mighty U's. It's always funny how the uh, how those who supported other teams before they like it's a funny it's a complicated story it's okay it's okay <laughs> James 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 are you a purist uh, I am a purist I think yeah um, so I first started following the U's um, I think probably around two thousand and four would have been probably my sort of first season I remember my first game was a one nil defeat at home to it would have either been I can't. Re- I think it was MK Dons, but it may well have been Wimbledon at the time. I can't remember, but um, yeah, it was a one 0 defeat to them. Um, and yeah, I think probably, I think that was the season before we went up to the championship. Um, so my first proper season was the season we went up to the championship. So I couldn't really have got a, a better start, really, to be honest. Um, and then yeah, on from that first, the first couple of years in the championship were really where I. Uh, fell in love with 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 Cole United I'm not going to lie and um just you know going to places like Palace and uh, you know Ellen Road and yeah yeah and you know <laughs> you know um you know places like that even going up to Sunderland and 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 beating them every week and you know nearly making it to the Premier League in that tiny little ground that's what I remember that's that's sort of my earliest memories of Cole United but yeah I've been um god what is it now it must be coming up to what sort of 15 16 years for me so most of my life I've been I've been a Cole United fan. Oh man, it, it's such a shame because I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyway because the season you started going or around about the season you started going is one of definitely an anecdote I've said that on this podcast before was a Swindon game against Colchester <laughs> um, on New Year's Day in 2005. Which there were two things I remember vividly from that three actually one it was bloody cold um <laughs> to some young swindon fans not knowing where colchester was so they didn't know what song to chant at the uh, 153 away fans um and they just settled with you dirty northern oh, hilarious. <laughs> uh, i think we did the same we literally did the same that is a running joke at call you that swindon are the day northern <laughs> bastards <laughs> uh, stuff. and then you dismantled us three nil um Oh, and there was there was a guy in the town end who just couldn't get over the fact that Dean Gherkin's surname was Gherkin, just <laughs> absolutely Brilliant. beside himself mm. with uh, with just so much amusement just because his last name was Gherkin. But yeah, a repeat. It's not it's not rare for me to repeat an anecdote on this podcast, so people will just have to deal with that. Okay, well we'll move on, and I kind of want to start this conversation about Colchester United by starting with the lockdown because 2019-2020 was a good playoff season for Colchester. The form nearer to the end was a bit patchy, wins, loss, win, loss sort of form. Um, But John McGreal was seemingly getting the right notes out of you and then it ends. Um, Swindon, obviously, we benefited from PPG by going up as champions and Colchester would end up in the playoffs where you guys unfortunately were knocked out by Exeter. Um, And I recall that back in those really bizarre early days of observing the football industry adjust and come to terms with the realities of what issues COVID would bring the EFL, your owner, uh, Robbie Cowling, was, if I'm not mistaken, 
really quite vocal and I'm going to say proactive. You might correct me in that in just a moment. Um, in making those difficult decisions that fans don't want to hear early on, those decisions of like, well, this squad has got to change. You know, there's going to be cost cutting, which most most clubs kept sort of a quiet council on that private council where they just kept it to themselves. Swindon's owner at the time, Lee Powell, went out and said, "We're we're." we're in big trouble, but I think that was mostly because he knew what was around the corner in terms of his own ownership of Swindon. Max, talk me through the last year, without talking about this season so far, because we'll talk about that in a moment. Talk me through the last year in a, in a year and a half or so in Colchester's history. How's it gone since, since the PPG and the playoffs ended that season? Downhill, probably the first sort of word that comes to, to, to mind. Um, I mean, Robbie Cowden is very much like Marmite at, at Colchester United. You really do love him or you hate him. I think people did respect his his honesty and, and being open and, and communicating with the fans during during COVID. I think everybody appreciated that, no matter what you thought about him. Um, he, he made a decision at the very start of last season to to kind of take a, a step back. I mean, I think the plan was to to not really invest, let some senior players go. Um, and I think that's why McGrill left, not because of a run of bad results, but more the fact that I, I don't think McGrill wanted to take that step back. I think he wanted to kick on after reaching the playoffs. So that's why I think McGrill left. And then we promoted his assistant manager, who was never cut out for it, really. And the squad was, was nowhere near as good as it was the the, the season before. And he, and he come out sort of halfway through to say he made this decision to take this chance to to you know, kind of draw back sort of finances a little bit and um, basically just said that we're looking to stay up this year and it's it's going to, you're going to see it coming to fruition the year after. So um, obviously we can get to, to this season soon, but um, yeah, it's not been, it's not been great. It's certainly, you know, we've been a team that's been in and around playoffs top half and, and last season was very, very miserable. This, you know, as if the world wasn't miserable enough during last year or so, <laughs> thinking your team could go out of the Football League didn't help. So, yeah, to answer your question, mate, it hasn't been a very good last year and a half. It's it's hard to sort of look at it retrospectively, but I think Swindon really benefited from PPG, obviously, because we went up. But because what was around the corner for us, we would have found ourselves in a similar situation to Colchester had we stayed in that division. If they decided that nobody was going up that year, we would have had the same turnaround of players, the same sort of like downgrade, with, for want of a better phrase, of new players. It, it, do you have anything to add on to? Yeah, look, I think I think Mac, Mac, Max described the sort of feeling towards Robbie Cowling quite well there. I think um, a lot of fans, you, you do either love him or hate him. I think at the start of COVID, a lot of fans actually did back what he was what he was doing uh, around the club. He was quite clear that he wasn't going to take any money from the EFL fund. He was going to make sure all staff were paid, that, you know, taxes were paid, uh, PAY was paid. Um, you know, this he wasn't, he paid everything up front, um, which which has put us in a strong financial position, I think, for this season. And that's probably been sort of demonstrated by some of the signings we've made for this season. But, um you know, I think you can argue whether it was the right or wrong decision. Ultimately, we stayed up, but there was a point last season where you genuinely it looked hopeless. Um, I think it was probably around Boxing Day for me, anyway. Uh, we hadn't won in a long time, and Southend beat us away, 
Um, and at that point, you just want to hold your head in your hands and just go, it's over. Um, it really didn't look like we were getting out of it. And I, honestly, I think we were very lucky to get out of it. I think he made the decision at the very last minute to get rid of Steve Ball, who who, who took over from John McGrill. Um, again, no one's really sure why. Um, and no one's really sure how he kept his job as long as he did, to be honest. I think it was probably the wrong decision to then bring Wayne Brown in as a caretaker. Um, and we all love Wayne Brown at Colu, he's a bit of a Colu legend, but um, it didn't work out. Um, and then eventually he hit the nail on the head with Hayden Mullins and Paul Tisdale. Um, you know, and it was that that kept us up, really. I think, you know, no one was doubting the financial decisions that Robbie Cowlin made, but perhaps the footballing des- uh, decisions weren't really going our way. Um, so... Uh, overall, like Max said, it was a really disappointing season. But what that's me- meant is that we've had that chance to rebuild over the summer. And I think we're in a much stronger place as a club uh, financially, but also footballing-wise with some of the signings we've brought in. certainly sounds like Paul Tisdale sort of found his new sort of job in football because, you know, management wasn't going his way. And I think he was even interviewed for the Swindon job last season (laughs) at one stage, maybe in the summer. And, you know, a lot of Swindon fans wanted him because of what he had done with Exeter on a small budget. And then, you know, the rest had gone, his star has long dimmed. And I think I'm, I'm more into the latter, but him coming in as more of an advisor really did seem to work, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, he, from my perspective, I think, um, it was quite clear, and we spoke to Brendan Wiradu, one of our one of our midfielders on the on our podcast um, a few weeks ago, and he said what a difference he made actually um, coming into the club with all that experience that he had he brought from Exeter. I think he is a top manager as well. To be fair, I think it says something when he was being touted for the England under twenty ones job uh, not that long ago as well. Um, and so I think from a Cole U perspective, we were actually disappointed to see him not get the job and Hayden Mullins get it. As much as we love Hayden Mullins, uh, you know, we we kind of, there was some hope there that Paul Tisdale might take the job. But um, Brendan Wiridu was saying about how much work they've done on the training ground around sort of defensively, for example. I mean, we were shockingly bad last year defensively. Um, you know, I think our centre-backs, for example, Tom Eastman and uh, Tommy Smith were two of the... Uh, in my well, in my opinion, they're two of the best centre backs in the league. Maybe not Tommy Smith, but we had Luke Prosser the season before, who were absolutely bossing at the back. But they went. But last season they were shocking. Um, and Brendan Weirdy made the point: as soon as Tisdale came in, they spent hours on the training ground, just working through drills about spacing on the pitch. And and the and it was quite clear to see as well that we just conceded less goals and we were able to get results as a result. Um, and I think just having that experience and calm head come in like Tisdale really, really, really sort of uh, helped the side, to be honest. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to be said about the uh, the loving bosom of an experienced manager over a rookie when when you when you struggle, don't you? You kind of like you you sort of fear the roll of the dice. So just having someone like Paul Tisdale that's been there done that often is more appetizing than somebody who was a big name in the leagues above, but what can he do in such an important time in a club's history, which is trying to prevent yourself from going into the National League? There is another manager. Before we talk more about Hayden Mullins, there is another manager we have to talk about, and that is John McGreal in a little bit more detail. And I'll explain why. <laughs> well, firstly, he was a Portland <laughs> manager this summer and didn't make it didn't make it to pre-season training, um, along with former Colchester goalkeeper René Gilmartin, who was going to be his assistant. Um 
what's so curious about this for this podcast is one in the season that we were in League Two last, Colchester United were the only team that absolutely had figured out Swindon Town. Richie Wellens is Swindon Town each and every time. 3-0, 3-0, over the two league games and the cup game on top of that. And something that a couple of the panellists on the Low Strangers was very keen for was John McGreal to be the next Swindon manager, both when John Sheridan took over and when he left. And then it happened. He, he seems, I'm quite surprised really that he was out of the game for as long as he was. He took the season off essentially, didn't he? Have we, Max, have we, did Swindon, Swindon's timeline is is almost impossible. You can, we can't say, would we be a better side under John McGreal because it's a different owner, everything has changed. But at the time, even with our most hated of owners, it seemed like a really solid appointment. Are you surprised he hasn't kicked on? Yeah, a little bit. It's disappointing, really. I mean, me and James are massive John McGrill fans. It seems like everyone at Co United seems to be like Marmite because McGrill was the same. That people either loved him or they, or they hated him. They wanted them out. Um, it was a bit strange that he he didn't get. Well, it took about a year to get another job. Um, he didn't really see his name linked with too many jobs throughout the season no. either. That does surprise me because. We're massive fans. I'm a massive fan of him. He's, like I said, man, certainly managerial-wise, it's been sort of downhill since since he's left. Um, and I think used fans kind of contradict themselves a little bit sometimes because they used to say, oh, he's boring, he only 4-2-3-1, um, he, he hasn't got a plan B, or yeah, and he's, stuck, he's sticking with his formation. And then the next breath, they'll say that the director of football is you know, forcing <laughs> the manager to play 4-2-3-1. It kind of doesn't really make sense. So, but for what he did for us in the four years he was there, it was good. It was good, attractive, attractive football. You know, he bled the young players into the team. Um, and it was it was fun to watch. I mean, we'll talk about how we're getting on now in a bit, but it's certainly not very fun to watch. It's, But it was under McGrill. Um, we're gutted to sort of see him go. And it is a shame not to see, obviously, him kick on at Swindon or, or anything else, because there is a, a, a good coach there. Certainly, Certainly, I think so. It would have been nice to see him kick, let alone kick on. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny. I mean, the the way it played out at Swindon is he was appointed, but it happened during that that boring phase of summer where nothing's happening. You know, there's no signings. Everyone's on holiday or shutting down away from the, the industry. And then he came in day one. And then on about day three, he put out this really, there was a statement released on the website, which was this, come on, guys, we can do this. And within 48 hours, he resigned. <laughs> it was an absolute mess. One of the worst sort of periods that I've ever experienced supporting Swindon because it was very much everyone was jumping ship because the people that had pointed him were all running away and had lost their legal battles and things like that. But just to have that come in on day one of work, like, this is it, guys. We're going to do good things this year. And then within 48 hours to walk... God only knows what was going on behind the scenes at that time. Um, good player, though. I mean, you're both babies by the sounds of it, but he was a great player with, great, with Tramier great career, and Ipswich. Yeah. Really a bit before player. my time, that one. Him, but... yeah, stop, it. <laughs> stop it. I don't I don't like it when these you know, started watching them in 2004 and stuff comes in. And... 
<laughs> makes me feel like I, I, I consider myself young, but when I say I went to my first game in 1990, when you guys come onto the pod, I just, I just hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy you. Okay, let's talk about this season then. So it was just touched upon there by Max that the brand of football currently being played at Colchester with Hayden Mullins isn't the greatest. Please tell me more. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sure me and Max actually agree on that, to be honest. Um, but uh, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually don't think it's that bad, to be honest. I think, it, I think Hayden Mullins has done a good job of trying to solidify that team a bit more, trying to get its shape working a bit better. Um, plan a very different formation I think that's probably fair to say um we've sort of tra- traditionally this season it's it's been three centre-backs when we've been able to that's changed the last few games mainly due to injuries um we don't have a massive squad so one centre-back goes down you know we're kind of done um but you know I think it's early days for Hayden Mullins and I, you know I think he's getting he's getting results out of the team and you know I, admittedly we're probably not where we'd we'd like to be in the table but I think me and Max both said at the start of the season given what happened last season given the amount of players we've brought in um actually sitting where we are in the table with a game in hand I'm pretty happy um yeah I think don't get me wrong I think there are some bits of the side that need working on I think defensively from set pieces we've been pretty shambolic at times um but also but going forward it's 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 been good to watch at times and I think there are a few players within that squad the way I look at it is actually it's the players at the moment who are just missing that extra yard of pace that that final touch or that final ball um rather than Mullins tactics I think um so you'll you'll see them balls being played over the top to Freddie Sears up front and he's just missing that yard of pace to get there you'll see a great ball whipped in and Frank Newblaze at the far post but puts it wide um you know there's a lot of individual mistakes at the moment I think are costing us I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say say it's on Mullins um you know, I think we've got some. We've witnessed some really exciting play at times. We've brought in um, Sylvester Jasper on loan from Fulham, um, who, in my opinion, is one of the most creative players in this league, um, and and he's lit that side up and showed what you know when Mullins has sort of built that team around making sure that the players who have creativity within them are able to express that, and um, and that comes down to just making sure that he's got that solid shape. Uh, from a formation perspective as well. So it allows players like Sylvester Jasper, like Alan Judge, um, like Noah Chilvers um, to, to just play their way. And I've actually quite enjoyed it. I know Max probably doesn't agree. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's the magic of football, isn't it? I, I don't personally agree. I mean, we scored seven goals in, in, seven, in seven games. I just, I'm not a big fan of the, the formation personally. I mean, I, I don't, and see why we, we I think having the extra centre back in there just gives it a little bit more of a defensive look. And I think the full backs you've got what Charlie Daniels I know he's replacing an injured Ryan Clampen, but what he's mid mid thirties now and we've got so we seem to chop and change at, at right back from a lad that's come up from the National League and then someone who's more of a winger and then Welch Hayes who's kind of used as a centre half sometimes. I I think if you're gonna have them sort of wing backs you need someone who's Sort of proper up and down, sort of got that energy, but also that that final ball to to create. We, I think we struggled to create a little bit. Um, 
you know, Alan Judge hasn't quite hit the expectations so far. I mean, there's obviously there's still time for that to happen, but um, <laughs> I, I just think it's we lack that that number nine. We lack that someone who's going to uh, you know get on the end of something, and we I think we need to try and find a, a formation where you can have Alan Judge or Noah Chilvers for two very similar players you know, further up the pitch so they can create more. I think I still think we're finding the right formation to, to do that personally. It's, it's a, you know, we've always been a bit of a slow burner and we're, we're certainly that at the moment. I actually do agree. You know, I think we, we are missing a number nine, um, you know, but like I said, I think, I think we're putting ourselves in good positions. Alan Judge for me has been, been quality from set pieces. He gets free kick from 40 yards out, watch that ball go flying towards the back post. Someone's just got to be there and that's around having that number nine there. So um, I think we're creating opportunities. I think we're getting in the right areas. It's just having that clinical finishing that Max mentioned there. Yeah, we Swindon have gone three at the back a couple of times this season, but we like to go with a four, two, three, one. What What are you guys doing? Is it a fro- well? It's probably a five three two three five three five two. However you wanna you wanna look at it. I guess it's five when you're defending and and, and three when you when you're going forward is what he's he's gone with. Which is strange, really, because he went what was it a four four two towards the end of last season, James, and that seemed to work quite yeah. well. But he's obviously had a bit of a change of mind in the in the summer, and um, I guess it takes getting used to. I suppose. Yeah, I mean the last couple of games as well as as they've shaped up as sort of a four two three one. Uh, more sort of scenario but again I think that's mainly due to injury um, I think Hayden's preferred formation is with that then three centre-backs two wing-backs um, scenario so uh, it'll be interesting to see what he plays on Saturday actually I haven't seen who is and isn't back from injury yet but um, it, it it could be mixed up on Saturday to be fair and we could be completely wrong so <laughs> <laughs> there's every chance but let's talk about the, uh, the the new players in and um, funnily enough you know it might be rumor but I'm pretty sure Frank Nuble might have texted John McGreal when he got appointed Swindon manager and I'm even more certain that Courtney Senior was all ready to join Swindon before everything went have him mate he went to <laughs> we didn't he went to Newport and obviously Nuble returned back um, to you guys um it's really impossible to not talk about your preseason without observing like the experienced lads from Ipswich that you got in Cole Skuse, who we know all about from Bristol City. Look, Luke Chambers, Freddie Sears, and Alan Judge. Luke Hannon seemed to turn down League One football to go to Colchester. Um, Charlie Daniels came in, never been there, done that. It was it looked like a pretty good summer in terms of recruitment. Yeah, I think um, one of the things we've said on our our podcast before as well is we're quite lucky um, I, from a culture's perspective. My geography is not very good, so I don't know about Swindon. Um, but um, from a culture perspective, we've got a lot of clubs around us and a lot of these players have families settled in the area. Um, and so it's really easy for us to pick up pick up on these players. So Cole Scoose, for example, he's got family in the area. He didn't want to move too far away. Um, same for Alan Judge as well, which is a huge signing for Colchester United. Um, you know, it, he, he stayed in the area because he's got a young family here and he, he, he didn't want to move away. Um, it's actually a, a big benefit for us in, in able to pick these players up. Um, you know, I think some people will moan and say... Um, you know, we're now the Ipswich B team. We get a few of that, a few, few people moaning. I don't really understand it uh, personally. I think some people 
make the uh, rivalry we've got with Ipswich up. To be honest, we've rarely played them. It's been a few years since we have, although we've got them in the uh, the uh, Pizza Pot Trophy this season, so uh, that should be fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think it was a really, I think it was a strong summer. I think, like Max said. We, we missed picking up a striker more than anything. Um, it was great to have Frank Nublay back. Um, but again, he he's sort of, it looks like he could be, he's got the number nine shirt and it looks like that's the kind of role he's going to be playing. But for me, he's not a number nine. When we had him previously, we've been, he was playing out wide and actually I thought he was much better out wide. Um, Cole Scoose has, has, been, has been pretty solid. Um ups and downs in my opinion sometimes he's just lacking that bit of pace when the game's frantic he sometimes gets a little bit lost Sears is 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 uh you know he was with us before he went to Ipswich and um unfortunately just didn't play on a very good Colchester United side at the time um so it's kind of a second second by the cherry for him really um and he's been okay he, he, he's got a few goals I think a couple mostly from penalties to be honest but um you know, he, he's he's still got that motivation in him, but at thirty one, he is kind of missing that missing that bit of pace. Um, and Chambers has been fairly solid as well. I think we we can be quite happy generally with with the players we've brought in from from Ipswich at least. Um, but it, I think we are still missing that striker, like Max said earlier. Um, you know, we brought in Cameron Cox on loan from um, Solly Hole Moors, which was a bit of a weird signing. Took us all from uh, surprise, really. But he's been he's been really good. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's it's probably mixed reviews at the moment. What do you think, Max? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I, yeah, people play up the sort of the rivalry with Ipswich a little bit too much when these the signings were coming in. Um, it's it's a tough one. I, I don't know. I'm starting to see the other side of it a little bit. You mentioned about the families there, and and you're spot on. You just sometimes you just worry if it's you know oh, let's just go to culture because we don't want to move elsewhere you know I, I wasn't particularly happy with them all getting sort of two-year deals especially at 35 Luke Chambers Cole mm. skews that's a bit of a worry if that doesn't work out this year you know we've then got them for another year at 37 years old um same with Charlie Daniels on his player on his way down it's a big name but I don't know we've always done quite well you know bringing players through or finding a gem from somewhere or a player that's been released from a Premier League side. That <laughs> Here comes the Richard Kone, man. So, not, not, <laughs> I'm not going to bother with, with Richard Kone tonight. I won't bore you with that, Rich. But uh, yeah, I think that's a shame. <laughs> I thought the signs were okay, but I, I, I just <laughs> sometimes you just get that worry that people just think, "Well, let's go to Colchester," or because it's it's down the road and we don't have to move far. I mean, yeah, and and the two year deal, I, I would question as well but this we're still very early in the season they they could be unbelievable signs for all we know right now so which one of them is your next manager <laughs> that's it well it'll be the assistant manager Alex Dyer will get the job if Mullins doesn't work out and then his assistant will get the job and and so on, <laughs> and so on. yeah yeah and literally, literally until we've got the under nines coach uh, <laughs> so yeah. there's a Cole United way <laughs> if they're good enough <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's really interesting. We we don't really have at Swindon um, a club where we sort of. I think Swindon have burnt so many bridges over the last few years that you know we don't utilize the clubs around the M4 nearly enough. You know, we've we took a couple of players in on loan from Bristol City and and Swansea, um, but we haven't really used 
Reading enough, Bristol City enough, even though I've just mentioned them. Um, okay, before we talk about you know any other key players there, there's one player that really stands out because there's not many Swindon links in this Colchester side. Usually there's one former player kicking about, but there isn't. Shamal George, though, the goalkeeper, he had a trial spell with Swindon in 2019. And it was looking like he would be our goalkeeper for that season. And then we bumped him off really late into his trial for a player called Stephen Bender, who became, you know, a great goalkeeper for us um, over that season. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes anyway. But Shamal George was certainly on trial. And I think his brother was on or his half brother was on uh, Twitter defending him and talking about the disgraceful actions of uh of Swindon Town and he went on loan to non into non-league at that stage and it looked like that's where he was headed and then Colchester came in and eventually he started getting games how's he doing I think he's brilliant yeah I think he's he's come on sort of leaps and bounds when he first came in he was he was the, obviously the, the very much the number 2 uh, behind excuse me Dean Gherkin um but since then since sort of the back end of was it last season he was he was brilliant in the cup games. He was brilliant as well when he did play last season, and he's he's been the number one this year, and he's probably been our best player, which says how we've been getting on so far. But I think he's been sensational. He's you know good in the air, good with the ball at his feet, good shot stopper. So yeah, I, I think we again we've sort of picked up a bit of a, a gem here. I, I think it's um, yeah hats off to the recruitment team because every game he plays, he gets better and better. I do think goalkeepers, it's so much more difficult for them to maintain a career in the Football League, um, especially when mm. they come out of the academies. There's not many places for them. They're not utility players. And a lot of good goalkeepers drop into non-league when really... I mean, Jojo Wallacott, our number one at the moment, you know, he he was at Bristol City's academy for almost... Well, not even academy. He was a pro with Bristol City for almost 10 years without playing. And if it wasn't for Swindon's predicament, he wouldn't have come in on a temporary loan, a seven-day loan. And then he impressed so much then he ended up signing. And you just know, because you see it so often, that he had Bath City, Chippenham Town written all over him, um, (laughs) even though he's a a really excellent goalkeeper. But it's just... They just struggle to get those gigs, don't they? It's it's good that he's, he's, he's... He's got something. Yeah, he's flying for us at the moment. To be honest, he's been um, he's been fantastic this season. Anyway, and I think I um, I think he's probably, I think at some point I probably last season might have said a few words about him and put Dean Gherkin in front of him, but that's pretty impossible to do now because he's completely. I I don't know how to describe it. I think last season he probably wasn't in that number one spot because he missed that kind of field general ship that that you kind of want from a goalkeeper but this season it's like he's really come on leaps and bounds and to be fair I think it's probably fair to say he basically kind of won us the Barrow game the other night we won 3-2 but he kept a few shots out and 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 he was fantastic Um, and you know at other points this season as well he's been the sole reason that we've come away with the point and you can't knock him at all to be honest. Okay then, so how are we starting on Saturday against Swindon, Max? What what do you expect, what do you predict the eleven will be? Oh, good question. Um, I think you obviously see George in goal. Um, I'd imagine you'd have Chambers and Smith. At, although I think Eastman played the last game, didn't he? So maybe Eastman and Smith in the middle. 
I'd, Clamping was on the bench our left back last week. I'm hoping he'll start because I think he's a he's a much better player than than, than Charlie Daniels. Um, right back's a bit of a tough one, really. We seem to sometimes have Cameron Cox, sometimes it's Welch Hayes. Um, I don't think Cameron Cox had his best game last time. Right back, I don't know. I have to see what James thinks in a minute because it's a, a difficult one. But I think midfield picks itself, really. You'll see Cole Skews, um, Wiradu and, and Judge. And then you'll say, again, same with the front three. You'll have Jasper, Sears and, and Nubley. And whether that will, he'll work it as a 5-3-2, a 4-3-3. But, um, yeah, it's only really right back that there is a bit of a selection dilemma. The rest tends to pick itself most weeks. So, James, would you agree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, yeah, like you say, George in goal. Um, for me, Eastman... And uh, Chambers at the back, and um, out wide. I'm hoping Clamping, like you say, he's 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 on his way back from injury. Um, but on his day, he's um, he's a really great player, and he's another one of those players that we brought, you know, come through our academy. And um, you know, I think at some point you'll see him play at a much higher level, like you have with some of our other players, like Frankie Kent and Sammy Smodix and players like that who have gone on to play in the championship. Um, so hopefully clamping um, on the left and then out on the right. For me, um, I, I totally agree with what Max said about Cameron Cox. I think he's he, he struggled at points this season. He showed some some class at points, but I think the fact that he's not perhaps had the experience at such a high level, he's starting to show, shine through a little bit. So I'm hoping Welch Hayes gets the nod in midfield. Um, I think again it does pick itself, but there's always a toss up between Scoo. You know, maybe Scoose gets knocked down for Chilvers. I don't know. Maybe controversial opinion there. I don't know. But but um, Scoose, uh, Wiradu, and Judge in midfield with uh, Jasper, Nublay, and Sears um, up top. Okay. Now your form. You've got a game in hand on Swindon, and if you were to win that game in hand, our start is pretty much identical. What What do you guys? How, how do you guys come into a game like Swindon away? Do you expect much? Obviously, last time we played two completely different sides, you, you dominated us on both occasions. How do Colchester fans, Max, see this game? Yes, yeah, good question. Um, probably, if you were picking sort of a handful of teams, it's a, a tough place to go. I think you'd probably throw Swindon in there. Although I think, like you said earlier, we've, we seem to have got, got the better of you last sort of three or four occasions. I remember the last game, was it was it three 0 on a Tuesday night or something? I think we won, and I think was it Frank Nubo was running riot with Fia Robinson up front. Um, it's a tough one. It's it, we seem to be playing a bit better away from home than we do at home. So I think people are probably um, a little bit more, more like expectant, but maybe predicting that we could get a, a good result away from home because home form struggling. Um, so. Yeah, the last result uh, away at home was uh, we scored three goals against Barrow and it was a, it was a great game. So fans will probably be uh, expecting more of the same. But Swindon's a tough one. Like you said, you've had a tough summer. A lot of players have come, a lot of players have gone. You've obviously had the managerial issue. It's a difficult one to really know what to expect from, from Swindon on, on on Saturday. Yeah, and, and James, something that I think surely many Colchester fans will be thinking is that your away form is much, much better than your home form, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird one because it's usually the other way around. Um, not that our home form is particularly good, but it's usually better than the away form. Um, but it's good to see. It's nice to know you can pick up them points on the road, I guess. I think, um, like Max said, Swindon is one of them ones that at the start of the season, if you see Swindon up, you think that's going to be a tough game. Um 
it's not one that I look forward to on the on the fixture sheet, to be honest, because you know it's always going to be difficult. I think um, when we beat you in the cup, I think last last year it was uh, was it last year year before? Sorry, um, yeah, year before. I think um, you know I remember that game thinking I'll oh, go out the cup here straight away, and we you know uh, how we managed to pull three now out of the bag. I don't know because Swindon is always one of them ones that you you you're a bit wary about. But um, yeah, I mean. It's a difficult one. I mean, I think it's, I don't have to say, you know, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not encyclopedic about Swindon, but I think uh, we'll probably be, uh, it'll be one of the teams that, Swindon is one of them teams that, you know, you want to be competing with in this league. um, And that, you know, when you play them, you, you, if you can beat Swindon, you kind of feel like you can beat anyone in this league, really. Um, because Swindon are up there as one of the better teams in this league. I think that goes without saying. So uh, it's, it's one you look forward to, but always one with like trepidation because um, we're, although we've had probably had the better of you the last few last few times we've met, traditionally we've 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 always struggled against you. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. So I think you you historically have the upper hand in terms of you know win loss and draw um overall in our history but it really did kick on for you guys in the 21st century where you became something of a bogey club um it, it feels like um and every now and again we got a result i know you know a couple of years ago we got a 3-0 at home but i don't think we've scored at your place in the league in several attempts you know so it's and we've took some pretty good sides to Colchester and still struggle to sort of get three points. But it's always interesting to hear that fans of other clubs see us as, you know, another tough place to go because I have no idea where Swindon are going to end up. You know, we're such a bipolar fan base at the moment where we win a game and we're like, we're going to go at the playoffs. We're going to go up automatically. Ah! And then and then we lose a game and it'd be like, well, you know, the target this season is to stay in the league. So, and it's so weird. You don't know which one is right. And it's, the likelihood is we'll probably be somewhere in the middle and, you know, be grateful for it because things were going to be far worse before. Okay, let, let's let's finish off then, Max. Really interesting conversation. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, wonder how many Swindon fans have made it all the way through on this, listening to Colchester United <laughs> uh, chat. But no, it's always good to see what's happening elsewhere. How do you think this game... Give me a prediction. Be brave. Mystic Max is what I'm known as on our, on our podcast. I tend to do quite well predictions. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I think we'll lose. I think we'll lose 2-0. Hey, didn't you put Morecambe to go down last season? No, I think that was you, but we never mind. Okay, fair enough. Both yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we both did. There we are. I, I think we'll lose 2-0. I, I don't see us getting much out of this. It's um, yeah, I, I, We're not a struggling side. I just think it's a team that hasn't hit the rhythm yet. And I, hopefully that will come at some point throughout the season. But um, Swindon, I had a look at the earlier. It's had some good results, haven't you? But... I just don't fancy it at the moment, personally. I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 Swindon, as miserable as that sounds. Morecambe to go down is such a safe bet. Who was to know? <laughs> Who was to know? What about you, James? What are you predicting? Um, I'm going to go one all. I'm going to go one all. I'm hoping uh, we can bounce back. Um, I think it'll be a tough game, like I say, away from home in Swindon. Um, but look, I think uh, a one all would be a fair result for us. Um 
I think Max alluded to it. We struggle to get goals. Luck if we get one. Um, having said that, we did just just nick three um, uh, at Barrow away, but I don't know how much that's saying really. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'll take a one-one. I think we're we're struggling in front of goal. But I think the goals are there if if you know on the off chance we can nick a goal. But equally, we're, we seem to be a bit leaky this season. I, I wasn't in, totally impressed with our performance against uh, Crawley either last week, um, conceding two goals away at Barrow as well. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go one-one. Um, that's more of a hope than a prediction, I guess. <laughs> One one is my safe bet prediction. When especially oh, yeah, same when, here, mate. especially when I have absolutely no idea how it will play out, I'm a I'm a cowardly predictor, and I would have probably gone with one one too. Gentlemen, that was really really good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you for having us, mate. Appreciate it. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Well, it's, it's Swindon Town. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.